Hi everyone. Okay, so everybody's live. Hi everyone. Welcome to Life Matters the Anadidere. I am super excited because today we're gonna be having some amazing conversation. Um today's are you a guest? Should I call you a guest? <laughs> so for for formality's sake, let me call you a guest. But this is my sister, she's inside our family, but you have seen how see our complexion is, is very is not that far. <laughs> Okay, Jomalek is saying hi to everyone too. Um, hi everyone. Today's another Saturday where we have amazing conversation. And you know, yeah, she's saying hi. That's her. Her eye is very strong. So hi. You want to say hello to everybody? Here come. Hi. 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 Now she's shy. Oh. This is so weird. Say hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is energy. Guys, Love it. please put your hands together as I welcome my one and only very, very fine sister. She's very, very fine, as you can see. So, this is Yeti, everyone. So, put your hands together wherever you are. Hi. <laughs> Now, this is the first time she's hearing the bell. How have you been? I have been good. Today is my day off, so I've enjoyed it. Yes, I am. So, you know, last week I was thinking that, you know, is Easter. I really do not want to like put everybody under stress. And I thought about it like several times when I was at home. I'm like, should we have the show today? Should we not have the show today? It's Easter. Everybody's trying to enjoy themselves, you know. Like, okay, you know what? Let me see if it's. It's still in the in the block and i was happy that you were able to still make it today yeah. so thank you for saying yes and coming on the show i am pretty much pumped and excited um so one thing i'll do before we start is you can actually share the link on your uh, i think you can share the link on your channel so okay. i will say i can do that yeah so I, ah. I i believe you can or you can you can like share share the link yeah you know, on your channel on your whatsapp and I think on your, there's one other way you can. How do you share it on your channel? I, so if you go, wait. So if you go to my, mama. So I know that if you go to my channel right now. So let me see, mama. You're making noise. So I know that if you go, people. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry uh i'm even trying to look for the the link right now uh okay i see it i see like um we're live right yes so you i think you, there's a share button that you can put into your channel i think so because i know someone has done it before with me when i had them on my show so i want to know if your channel can also do that i don't think so because i don't I don't see that I can share it. I only see the watch later, add to queue. Um, yeah, I don't see that. Me too, I'm a ta ta I don't know why he's doing that. That's so weird. That is super weird. Okay, so if that's not working, well, you can, you can share the link with your friends. She has said hi. She has said hi to you, mama. So you can share the link to your friend um, so that they can 
the reason why I necessarily don't do like a regular Instagram live anymore is because the stress is much. <laughs> it is. It is. The stress is much. And because I'm using a Mac, it's always even it's harder for me to actually share this exact thing we're doing straight into the to the Instagram live. Okay. Um just because the app that I can use used to do that is actually more efficient with the Windows computer than a Mac computer. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. I said hi to Auntie. Hello, darling. We're getting okay, bigger and so bigger every day. Let's let's get to know Yeti. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and on a regular day if you were not working, how do you relax on a Saturday? Um, okay, so my name is Yeti. Um, I'm a registered nurse, so I work with Ottawa Public Health, so I do COVID management there. Um, about me, I've always lived in um, Ottawa. I was born here. I'm a Nigerian. Um, on a regular Saturday Saturday day, if I wasn't working, <laughs> I would probably record um, for my YouTube channel because I have a YouTube channel. Um, I would rest, I would clean. That is honestly what I would do. I would try to cook something because I probably didn't cook throughout the week um, and just do something to relax for myself because then I start back on work tomorrow. So, yeah. Okay, so there's this thing that happens with people like us that do live stream and do like live sessions is mostly what happens is we're looking into the camera to look at the person. So right now I'm looking at you, but we're actually supposed to look into the lens. The- <laughs> I will look into the lens. Okay, now I'm looking into the lens. So I always try to do that. So I'm, even though sometimes I get caught up in it, but I've had a guest that actually told me that, oh, you should have told me like from the start so that I actually get conscious of it. So this- I know that's what I'm telling her too. <laughs> I've told her already. Yeah. Okay, so this is how fun my show is almost every Saturday. Well, let's start from here. Why nothing? Why not uh, being a lawyer, engineer, anything else? Why, so why did you, Why did you want to be a nurse? So I have a lot of um, nurses in my family, and I've always just liked the job, their stories, and everything that they do. Um, and you know, everyone always says helping people, so I've always wanted to help someone however I can. And I've always liked the medical aspect too, like I like the human body, I like science and things like that. So I was like, nursing is probably the best idea, it doesn't take too long, it's my four years, if I want to do my master's or go back to school, I can do that. Um, so I think it was like the fastest and nicest um, idea that I had opposed to being a doctor and going to to school for many years. So I think that's why I ended up deciding to do nursing. So how, how has it been something you've loved? So it, it, it's, it's, I think it stemmed from you liking it because like family and stuff were into it. But now that you've done it for a couple of years, how, what do you feel about it? I honestly love it and I'm, I'm really happy that I chose to do it. Um, just being able to support people when they're at their lowest or some people are at their best, but you know, things are happening in their life. Just honestly being able to use my faith as well as my medical skills for people, um, being able to be at their side. Sometimes it's not easy for sure. Like you have patients that die all the time, but it's just become something that I love. So I'm really happy with the decision that I made for sure. Okay, so my next question will be this. I know 
um, I've watched your channel several times and I've seen and heard life as a nurse in Canada. And to be very sincere with you, a lot of people feel it's a bit like I, you know what, one thing that I wish I did, I think that I could have, I think I'm going to do like a part two, um, have a particular month where I'll just talk to nurses and just talk and hear the experience because I hear people just say, come to Canada, be a nurse. You're going to make money. The money is sweet, blah, 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 blah. But I also see that a lot of people struggle in the field with what they go through as nurses. But I think that the money kind of makes them, it's part of the job. So start from um, university days to when you started working full time. How has that transitioned? How has that experience been so far? So nursing school um, was different from high school just because I felt like in high school you could write an exam and maybe not study for it. Nursing school was nothing like that. We lived in the library. Um, it just took a lot of effort as every program does, but that was a huge change from high school to nursing school. Um, so you had to go to class, but you also had your clinicals. So while you had your classes, you had the clinical for that class. So if you were working, um, doing psych, if you were having your psychology course, you also had to work in a psych ward at the same time. Um, so it was hard in regards to like having a social life or doing anything else outside of nursing school because again we were in the library so that was something that was really really tricky so i commend all the um mothers or people that had families like kids who were in nursing school because i feel like that's something people don't realize when they say go into nursing school um there's a lot more than just going to class and then if you have kids you know you still have to support your family there were a lot of people that worked at the same time as going to nursing school because they had to support their families so that's one thing that i noticed a lot of um older people actually had to go through because they weren't like young or single like most of us that just came from um, high school. So that was okay. And then after getting into the work field, after finishing nursing school, I really saw that it has to be a career that you chose. It can't just be for the money because there are days that you don't want to do it. There are days that your patient can maybe spit on you. There are days that they can be so rude to you, racist. Um, you deal with a lot of people. So if you only do it for the money, those days you won't survive. If you do it for the fact that you still love people despite how awful they can be and that you still wanna care for them and you can see the good in them, then it gets you through those days. If you, again, you're just doing it for the money on those awful days, you won't wanna do it and that can really affect your mood, it can affect your behavior, it can just affect your mental health because you're doing something that like you don't like anymore or even if you didn't like it in the first place and now is worse than when you started so i remember when i was watching sorry guys i remember when i was watching the video on um racism and your video actually <laughs> It made me it made me cringe to be very sincere with you and the reason was because i felt like uh no like this is not canada like no maybe they're just but i thought about it for me i'm like so these things happen and we actually don't hear about it mm -hmm. why don't we hear about these things why is it that it took very few of you to come out and say this is what we experience as black nurses in canada 
and, and, I, and I want you to share some examples so that people kind of have some context to what I'm saying. I wish, um, I wish more people would want to talk about it. One, you could be frightened about being fired if you're talking about your certain workplace. Um, some people are just scared to talk about it. Some people know that or think that things might not change anytime soon, so they don't want to bring awareness to it. Um, some people just go day by day. A lot of people don't want to talk about it, which is unfortunate, but it does happen. So I've worked with a lot of um, people that have said, I don't want to work with you because you're black. I've had um, a white person spit on me before or trying to hit me because I was black or you know ask for a white nurse all those type of things so well, well yeah see this is you taking care of them so this is not like you're yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter they a lot of people in the world do want to be serviced or want to have a white nurse and and they're not afraid to tell you they believe that you know they should be able to decide who's going to treat them and it's frustrating because you start to think about what is the difference between me and a white nurse you know, um, we either went to the same school or different school. We both passed our board exams. We're both licensed. So why is my skin color, um, why does my skin color um, affect you or make you think that I can't do my job? So yes, we say Canada, no racism, but it's absolutely there. It might not be as evident as other countries, but it's it's there and um it's just unfortunate that a lot of black nurses have to go through it for sure almost every day <laughs> like wait wait this so you go to work I, I, and and how it happens in my head is like i think about like i went back to watch the video again and i thought about it for one minute so i'm coming to take care of someone that's sick but the person believes that my skin color doesn't qualify me to take care of them that's like the summary of what you just said yeah yeah so what's the way forward because i i know that people would say so why why would you still work in that hospital why would you still um why would you still want to attend to people like that don't you have the color bias in your mind when you're taking care of people um how how do you deal with it like let's talk about your own personal mental health in that in that situation how do you feel about <laughs> how do you feel about it um, so, um in the beginning when i first started my nursing career it really bothered me i because i did um experience it in nursing school as well when i was doing my last placement and i was doing home care nursing and we'd go from house to house and um, i had someone who said i couldn't enter their house because i was black so that really 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 bothered me um since then i try my best to not let it bother me here and there I could be doing something simple and just remember that someone said I can't help them because of my skin color or that um, I'm not a good nurse because of my skin color. So I try to do the best I can. It can be really difficult when you're trying to give someone their medication, take care of them, give them an injection and they're shaking because they don't like your skin color. But I know that this is the job that I have to do. And at the end of the day, I should just do my best, go in, do what I need to do, go out and just be the kind person that I try to be. It's not easy all the time. Um, we say an oath, which I can't remember right now, but when we graduate, we say an oath that we will not do any harm and you know we will be the best nurses possible. So I try to remind myself that on the hard days, but sometimes I just have to take a walk. If someone tells me or calls me a derogatory name, 
I'll let them know that um, when they're ready, you know, to be polite or kind, I'll come back. I'll give them 10 minutes to, to calm down. If they want their medication, I'll be back. And if they're kind, then I'll give it to them um, or come do the intervention or service that I had to do at that time. But I do my best not to stand or stay for someone insulting me. And I let them know, like, it's not okay with me. Um, but that's the best I can do. And it's unfortunate because sometimes we'll tell the people higher up, whether it's managers, and a lot of times some people don't care. And it's unfortunate because then a lot of people don't speak up about it when you have a manager that just tells you to move on or get over it. And then you will have some that really think it's, it's a problem and will try to deal with it, but it really depends who you're working with. You can't always expect someone to care, which is unfortunate. I, I can't even I can't even think about it. Wow. Because because in my head I'm just thinking about it that if you are trying to do the right thing and that's and that's one of the things that I think I showed a video um during the whole um Black Lives Matter movement and I'm like if you remember that it's the human race and not black or white or green or yellow or whatever color you are once you understand that this is the human race so this race is just everybody it doesn't matter who or where you're from it makes things better yeah. so um for those that don't know i know you're a palliative now so what do you do what's your give us like a a rundown of your day as a palliative nurse so um i'm not working as a palliative nurse right now um, i'm just doing public health but when i was uh, working with palliation uh so basically in the morning i would go around and check all my patients so um because at at that um hospice which is somewhere where people who are terminally ill um come to receive treatment i would go see maybe my 12 14 patients a day I'd make sure everyone is breathing everyone is okay um, after that, I would look at all the medication. Who needs medication today? Does anyone need their vitals checked? Does anyone need any injections? All those type of things. And I would write them down and basically plan my day so that I don't miss any medications. Throughout the day, I would be there to support them. Um, sometimes throughout the day, we have people pass because a lot of them are dying. They're all terminally ill. Most of them have cancer, if not everybody and um, that would be basically it. Just watch them throughout the day and make sure they have all their medication. And if by chance someone passes, um, I would do the death protocol, send them to the funeral home, call their family, all those type of things. So it is a hard job and it's especially hard when you have, I didn't face too, too much racism um, working in palliative care, but I did. I had people that were dying that still did not want to see my face when they died. <laughs> Uh, because I was black. <laughs> so yeah, Bega has choice. Like you might. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like if you don't want to. Um, I thought it was a nice face, but that's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it doesn't matter that people are dying. They, they still um, stick to their mindset, which is surprising because I thought like, you know, I would have people that did not care about my race. You know, should should they not be thinking about passing away? And and leaving this earth, but instead you're still bothered about my skin tone. Well, I'll leave that with you. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, um, for those that don't understand what a palliative nurse is, just give us a little rundown of what, uh, who are palliative, palliative nurses and 
right now that we are having um and okay so let me first ask this first question how do you deal with dead bodies because i <laughs> like do you are you able to sleep yeah <laughs> oh I've, my god it's weird but i I've, I've never minded death even in school i know some of my friends probably thought i was weird because i i liked to do palliative care it's basically working with people that um are just about to die so they can have a couple months they can have some they can have years where i worked it was more a couple of weeks or a couple of months but um palliative care is basically helping this person um through their journey with their terminal illness so giving them medication to um give them comfort giving them medication um you know if they want to be sedated if they need comfort they go through a lot of pain and things like that so basically making sure that you cater to their needs at the end of life so it's a lot of different medication than um other people would be using day to day so um basically that's what a palliative nurse is you'll be talking to their families letting the family sometimes know what your patient wants because sometimes they can't express that um so yeah it's really just helping them at their end stages of life so um yeah i've, I've wrapped up many many bodies and sent them to the funeral home um it's not really the dead body that bothers me sometimes when you create a bond especially um when i've had this patient for a couple months or a couple weeks and they're nice and you guys get along and you build a relationship it can be really really hard to then wrap up their body and send them away um because you spend your entire day with them like sometimes you spend more time with them than your own family and with this person either 12 hours or 8 hours a day so you build like a professional relationship but it's unfortunate because they're gone and then you have to move on to um to your next patients you know they're still there like you can't really take a second to feel sad because you still have to continue working you can't go home when someone dies you know you can't cry because the family's there you don't want to make them cry you have to be strong for them so it's honestly harder um being strong for the family being strong for your patients for me than actually seeing the dead body it I think I've seen a lot. <laughs> it doesn't bother me too much anymore now. Wow. I well, I I've, I think I've always known since I was a kid, like since I was 7, 8 that I would never do sciences. Oh. I wanted to do engineering, um but mainly I knew that it was under sciences. I just took my mind off it. I was not going to be an engineer like. Yeah. I I don't know what to me. I think ah! my teacher told me I was keeping I was skipping biology classes since like grade four. So, <laughs> so, you're so like, I, Madame, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a nurse? Okay. <laughs> so let, let's go to public health because I know that there, there are so many public health nurses, public health doctors, and they're doing a lot for the community. So let me first ask you this question. Um, if you were to, and this, this was a question we had as an assignment in school, if you were to prioritize the health, would, would you rather prioritize the health sector or nationalize it? So would you want to be more, uh, we should have more public hospitals for the communities or have more efficient, um, let, let me give you three options, more efficient public hospitals and why, or public hospitals and a lot of private ones? Um, I would say the public ones, if that answers your question, just because I feel that 
they cater to a lot more people than the private ones. Not everybody can afford them. The public ones, yes, might not be as efficient as they should be, but they cater to the homeless people. They have more mental health resources. So I just feel like there's a lot of different um, things that people need that they might not get if things were privatized because they can't afford it, which is really important. People should be able to um, receive services even if they don't have the money for it. So that is one good thing about public. Everyone gets access to it. So, but sometimes when you need healthcare and it's not efficient, then you're like, I wish it was private and I could just pay for it and things would be better. But I, I would still say public. So let's let's talk about public health. What's what's kind of drew you to public health as um, as a nurse, and what are the things that you feel like we need to do better, even as human beings, um, other human beings? How how can we do better in our service to the community? Um. So what drew me to public health? I've always liked working with the community i've always liked working with people who are disadvantaged so if that's the homeless population or new immigrants to canada who might not know things about the city or healthcare or things like that or indigenous people just people that need a little bit more help than others i've always liked working with them so that is really what public health does um Right now, we work with COVID, so they work with um, diseases or things that are going around the community that people need awareness to. They go into schools. Um, they um, do checkups at schools for maybe people that um, their parents have brought them, you know, to go see the eye doctor or the dentist. Um, they work in so many places in the community. It's like you see them everywhere. You don't know they're there, but you see them everywhere. So I just love that they're throughout the community helping people, which is so important because a lot of people don't um, know what's out there. So that's one thing I would say that we could do better is actually if we ever have an issue, don't um silence yourself don't just tell yourself to get over it definitely research see what's out there see what resources are there to help you if you're having any mental health issues you know see what public health nurse or what resources out there to help you um, one thing i love is that for new mothers especially teen moms they do breastfeeding classes um they come do home checks to see how they're doing and if they need um resources or just um, things that they need for their baby, they're available to them. So things like that, I really love. So I, I really hope that people will start, you know, um, trying to help their self more and see what is out there to help them. Because I, it's sad sometimes when there are so many resources and people are not looking for them or aren't using them, but could they could really benefit from that's that's very important because um one of the things i notice generally is when it comes to certain things about the health so if you're going to see a doctor or you're getting some drugs or you're getting a couple of things you kind of almost have access to some of those things um but when it comes to like eye care dental care those things that affect certain parts of your body that even the other parts will like if you have a very bad toothache you have a headache and one part affects the other right but i can afford to go with my doctor to say oh i have a headache i've been having a headache for two four two four five six days and it gives me a drug but i can't do that with a dentist because the dentist is private and he will tell me that oh to see him for consultation is 110 dollars then to fix the tooth is the 300 and something dollars so at the end of the day i'm walking out of the dentist's office with a bill of almost a thousand dollars right yeah 
so in my head it just makes me think that a lot of people have the same issue where they can't actually assess this um private but most public use of the health sector right and i, and I like that um public health kind of administers to it and i and i believe that public health also gives you that time to yourself um i don't think it's as strenuous as working in the hospital yeah i was i would definitely agree with you um my body feels a lot different than when it when i was working at the hospital it's not as strenuous yes you have your busy days absolutely there are some days that you don't get a break but it's not the same labor and um, pains that you have to do moving a patient lifting a patient all those type of things um, typically it's like Monday to Friday um, I work weekends because COVID doesn't sleep so we have to work weekends but a lot of people like public health because it's Monday to Friday like nine to five or eight to four those type of hours instead of 12 hour shifts and you always get your your holidays and things like that um, again with COVID you you have to work your holidays just because of the pandemic but typically you would have those off so a lot of people love it for that reason so you when people get in public health they typically don't get they typically don't leave which is why it's hard to get in there because people are there until they retire because it's a nice place to be for sure so let, let's talk about that because I noticed here in Canada that we don't have so, so, so many doctors. And that's from my experience compared to when I was in Nigeria, where I entered into a ward, I see hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of doctors. One, like one doctor takes care of probably fewer than non people, right? From, from where I, from my standpoint, um, it could be a different experience for some people in Nigeria because some of the hospitals they went to was a different case scenario. But here, I noticed that you rarely see a lot of doctors, even though there's so many doctors that come from Nigeria, come here, and they really want to get into the system, I want to practice. But one thing you just mentioned just took my mind to the fact that a lot of doctors don't retire until almost death. <laughs> and I'm wondering, is it the same with nurses? There's like an age limit or age bracket. Why is that when people get to that age where they know that why, why can't we have more numbers, more numbers of people in a particular field? I, I think the more the people, the more the efficiency for the job and it makes it easier for um, the patients to get that care that they need. But if we have the same set of people doing the same set of job, they get tired and we have fewer numbers, it now becomes even stressful on the community that they can't even have more than enough hands to take care of them. So how do we fix that or how does that affect public health? The answer to that is money. Um, we wouldn't have this issue if we hired more nurses, if we hired more doctors. But you know, if we were to do so, maybe they would increase taxes because it's free. They have to take the money out of somewhere to pay them. So they would have to do other things to be able to hire them and pay them. Absolutely, care would be better. So many things would be better if they hired more nurses and doctors because they are there. They are looking for jobs. But if you're paying someone, let's say, $100 per hour, how many people you pay, will you pay $100 per hour? So they try to do it, uh, or they try to hire as little as they can that can still somewhat be efficient or effective. But it could be a lot better. Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, it could be a lot better. So for public health. Um, they they hire I, I would like to say they hire as much as they need um again like they pay a good amount um they pay like what the government pays so they pay higher than the, the hospital so i just believe they can't have too many at a, at a very 
good-ish salary or a higher salary than the hospital. They just can't have so many people running through the city. So um, in in public health, I find that you have a lot of people go um, or stay there until retirement because they love the job so much. Their body doesn't hurt because of the labor. Um, a lot of them just really enjoy the job opposed to hospital nursing. You still have a lot of people stay, but you tend to have less older nurses stay to, I can't remember what the age of retirement is. I think it's 70, maybe 65, but I think it's 70. Um, you have less of them stay till 70 because they're exhausted. They can't be lifting and doing all these things with um, their patients. So you have a lot of them retire early as the earliest as they can, just because they want to rest. But in public health, you have a lot of them, you know, go as far as they can, just because of, I think the labor um, that they endure in, in the hospital. Yeah. Wow. Um, hopefully we gave them, I, I don't, I don't mind. And that was one conversation that I was having with a classmate of mine that, um, I don't mind we having the mix of the private and public in these things where the government regulates a sector, why the the private regulates a sector. I think it will bring up a balance, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like, um, like we know, not just like government in Canada, but even when, when, when in other parts of the world, you notice that when the private sector starts punching, punching in, the government kind of relaxes a bit and they just say, you know what? Let's just let these people run it right and it's always like an easier thing but people that feel the impact the most and the ones like you said the public that don't even cannot even afford <laughs> to go to the hospital on a regular day right and um another thing is i think we're talking about it in the stance of education where we see all these um universities that i i try to look for a couple of courses on a couple of like public let's use the word public universities like university of ottawa whatever school it is that is very good for the general public it was still a, a bit steep and they didn't even have the exact courses i wanted so when i now said oh you know what let me just check this particular university and i saw the price i'm like wait i am not like an international like the amount was so alarming that i had to recheck if it was a price for an international student and it was not so a lot of times i think like you said money is a factor if they have to increase taxes and we know why they're increasing the taxes um if they have to cut some funding somewhere that we know that okay this will benefit more um i think it will do things better um I agree. just just my own stance but um it's always amazing to see how much people put their lives on the line and, and i want to talk about COVID. Um, funny enough, I'm going to be having medical personnel all through the month. So next week I'm having um, a, a doctor. She's gyny, gyny all the way. And um, my last doctor is also a family a family doctor. So I'm really, really excited. And, I'm, and I think that we're going to just do a series on just nurses, just because I want to hear the experience and I want to enjoy the story. Maybe I'll just make that like a, a different podcast or something. But um, let's see how it goes. <laughs> so your experience with COVID, I know that it's like i think i didn't see my mom for six weeks or almost two months just because of the old covid and they had to shut down their where the hospital she works and and a lot was going on and in my head i was thinking so if <laughs> if that's my experience i'm just imagining other nurses that are either married or they have families or whatnot in the in 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 canada generally so you as a public health nurse, um, I know that because you're not working in the hospital, is it kind of lower? Like, 
does it kind of feel safer a bit or how do you kind of work around it and how have you been coping with this whole covid situation let me first start from there yeah so when when uh, covid really started i wasn't actually fully working at public health i was um working at the long-term care home which covid really really affected them almost like the most a lot of you know elderly people passed away so when i was working there it was really really scary um just because we knew that this is where covid was like i knew there were covid patients around me i had to do many covid swabs for a lot of people um and it was hard because at that time we didn't really have the protective equipment that we needed and as a nurse, you're the one in charge of the floor. So you have your own staff members telling you, you know, they don't feel safe to work or they, they feel like they should have this, they should have that. So it was kind of, it was hard um, because I didn't have all the answers yet. I'm still, you know, below someone. I'm still looking for answers myself. So it was, it was difficult to lead when you really didn't know what was going on. It was scary because I would talk to someone and then the next day find out they have COVID. Um, there were times I had to isolate. I was in contact with someone with COVID um, and things like that. So I did have to isolate a, a couple times during this during this pandemic. So I was scared. I'm always frightened to bring it home to my family um, because I, I don't want to you know be the one to make them ill. So in that aspect, it was really hard. It was hard to see. It was hard not to see my friends and my loved ones, you know, we're not far from each other, maybe 10 minute drive and we can't see each other. So that is something that we've all faced, which is very difficult. So definitely working in long-term care, I would say was scary. My hands became so dry from the amount of times I was washing them. I knew it was excessive, but um, I was just really worried. And then also to talk to family members and um, you know, they're, they're wondering if their mother or if their father had COVID and you know you don't know yet you're still waiting for the results and they're just really upset I had an experience when um, one of my patients she turned 100 years old and her daughter came to see her and just sat by her window and they had like a little window party and honestly it made me cry because I just I was like wow this is what it's come to um it's it's God's grace that she made it to 100 and it's unfortunate that she couldn't you know celebrate with her family but i loved how we found a way for them to do something but it was it was really hard to see how family members were, were coping when they couldn't see their their grandma their mom their dad their uncle all those things so i would say that was really difficult um working at public health i would say the risk is lower because i am working from home um when i was going into the office you know we would all sit far away from each other we have um, arrows on the floor to follow we were very cautious and people still go into office. I'm just privileged to work from home, um, which is something that I wouldn't be privileged to do if I was working in the hospital. There's no way I could do such a thing. So I am very fortunate um, to have my risk reduced. Um, so I would say it is a lot better working at public health just because I don't have to be in contact with patients. Um, but it would, it would probably be a little bit harder if I was still doing that, but it doesn't change the fact that I still can't see people I want to see because um, who knows? Who knows if I have it, if I got it from the grocery store or if they have it. So we both have to be safe, which is, which is always hard. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like you said, it's, it's saddening, it's sickening, but you kind of almost have to just make sure that your family is safe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most important thing. And um, for me, like it's even harder because with, with 
my daughter, I always still want her to have contact with people um, in a way. So FaceTime calls almost every day. She does. She plays with grandma on the phone every day. They're on FaceTime. Um, a couple of my friends, she always like saying, auntie, auntie. So at least she's, so I, I, I'm happy that she's able to still learn some social skills um, because for me, it's, it's harder. And some people be like, oh, take her to daycare. And for me, I, I still don't feel comfortable taking her to daycare. Like she just eight months and she should be eight months in like two weeks. Uh yeah, in 13 days. And for me, it's it's still a lot to put her with other babies. Where do I know those other babies are coming from? Like it's it's a it's a 50-50 thing. And for me, I just feel like um we should all just keep safe and not give in to fear. And I, and that's what I want to talk about. How can people not give in to fear? Because they don't know who has it. They don't know um, what to do, where to go. How can we still enjoy um, building our social skills even while not seeing each other? How can we improve that even as human beings? I would say definitely just following the guidelines. Like if you're allowed to go to the park and see each other, you know, wear your mask, um, sit at a distance to each other. There are still ways to communicate and see um, other people as you can. As far as they, you know, just follow the guidelines. There's nothing wrong with respecting them. The thing is, I find a lot of people feel like, oh, my my brother at church can't have it because he's my brother at church. Your brother at church is still a human being. Your brother at church still goes to work. Um, Yes, we're all covered by the blood of Jesus, by God's grace. Um, but you still need to be safe. You still need to wash your hands. You know, we, I, for me, I can't say that um, I'm not going to follow the rules and expect to be um, protected. I think it also comes with wisdom. Wisdom is really important at this time. And, you know, again, I'm covered, but I still need to wash my hands. I still need to keep a distance because I'm not going to walk into fire and say, because God is my protector, I'm not going to get burned. There's no reason I should be walking in fire in the first place. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I think it's just important to follow them, call people, drive by people's houses. If you can go on a distance walk together, just look for different ways that you can socialize and communicate. Try not to isolate because, or isolate from people per se and from the world just because you know, it will make this time more depressing than it is. Um, so just do your best and, and look for new avenues to see people and communicate. So I love that, you know, you're doing FaceTime, doing all those things, because this is this is the time that she's learning who different people are, learning how to communicate. So I think FaceTime and all those forms of communication will be perfect for her. So no, no daycare. I think you're doing a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I, I just feel like let her just enjoy her time, like, still let her enjoy this seem and, and from time to time her my her and me and her dad would like take walks and another thing i also do for and, and I'm, I'm just saying because if probably a new mom that's out there wants to try it um another thing i personally do is once or twice a, something once every two months or twice every two months what i also do is i just go to the mall um i put her in a carrier or in a stroller and I walk around not having contact with anybody but just trying to let her see oh this is light this is people yeah. this person is a different because she might only see my skin color and not know that there are other skin colors there's someone lighter than me there's someone way 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 fairer than me and, and all that and for her to 
not see someone that's let's say darker than me and start crying right so that's another thing i'm using to build her social skills so that at least she'll be able to see other people but nobody's nobody's coming to carry your baby nobody's coming to kiss your baby that that's that's just very rude to people that do that oh, <laughs> that's I it i agree i know i think i think what you're doing is honestly really amazing and i and i hope more people will, will watch this and, and hear what you're doing because i think that's a, a great and it's important because i do fear people that aren't doing what you're doing their kids might not have the best social sk skills or their kids might not be used to other races than their own because they're only used to seeing what's in their home so it's still important to expose them, you know, to people out there. But like you have your rules, no one touches my baby, no one, no one does this. And it, it can be hard because some people are like, oh, don't worry. And it's like, no, don't touch my baby <laughs> or don't touch me. I, I have experienced it that someone is trying to hug me in the middle of COVID. And, oh, don't worry, I don't have it. I don't know that you you don't have it. You don't know. That I'm sorry. <laughs> and a lot of and I found like I, I saw a lot of people's character during this time because they're like oh we're okay or why why are you why are you scared it's not really that i'm scared but you still have to be cautious you know um like when i was working at long-term care i tried not to see any friends because i knew i was working in covid hub the central where it is i was blessed to not get it there but i don't know that i don't have it um and will i now go to your home see your family have your baby like i shouldn't be doing any of those things so i was actually surprised when i saw someone and they gave me their baby and i was like take it back it's not that i was scared that the baby had it i was scared how if i gave it to the baby what will we now say so i was i was interested to see that a lot of people they actually they didn't they didn't care or they don't care um but you know i just hope they stay protected <laughs> so well, hopefully they do. So before we go, because we have 10 minutes to the end of the show, I, I want to touch on two things. First of congratulations on a thousand subscribers. That's you're you. doing an amazing job. Um, so first off, tell us why you started a YouTube channel. Um, I know that in the description, I put it there already um, when I put the link in your the bio. But um, why why did you want to talk about healthcare, skin, and, and all that? Why was that very important to you? Um, so during COVID, um, I was bored, uh, you know, I was a little depressed at times just because I can't see my friends, I can't see people. Um, so I did want to do something I've always wanted to do, which was have a YouTube channel. I wanted to have it during nursing school, but there was no time for that. So with um, more time at home, um, I was able to start a YouTube channel and I've always liked to talk about health um, topics. I've always liked skincare, beauty stuff, all those type of things. So I was like, if I'm able to do that and I like doing it, why don't I just use that you know, as my platform? If I can help someone with their skin or I, I can help someone with a topic they didn't understand or teach someone something about um, a healthcare subject that they didn't know and they would benefit from my channel even if it's just one person I would really really like that so you know I thought most people are at home right now and need something to watch something to do so I was like this would be the perfect time to start my channel so that's basically why I started it and, and talked about what I talk about so I, I was having I think I had a live show yesterday with um, um, a friend of mine that also has a makeup um, and she talks about skincare and stuff like that. And she was telling me so many terrible mistakes <laughs> I make when it comes to makeup. And for me, I'm not the most, I will not sit down and say, oh, when it comes to skincare, I'll give you all the tips. 
I, I, that's not my field. Like I would not even bother. <laughs> I would not bother. And and she told me, oh, you don't have to use like normally. I would just take my brush and just put makeup on my face and just run out. But she had to tell me you don't need more than two max three pumps when you're putting um, your makeup. I have micellar water and I barely use it. And she's like, girl, why would you, <laughs> why would you do that? And she, and yesterday, funny enough because i didn't have any makeup on so i wiped my face first with like an exfoliating wipe mm -hmm. and she's like you know what let's both of us try it on this live and see she just washed her face and we used the micellar water to like wipe our face and there was still dirt on it yeah. so she's like you still have to clean it either way like what even if you don't go out of the house you still have to use it then she talked about spf and i'm like mm -hmm. oh my God. <laughs> let me cover my face <laughs> yeah. so tell us in this covid people barely, people like me that barely go out or maybe we just take walks every evening what are what are the breakdown five step um, skincare routine that will make them have healthy skin even though they're not like using makeup every day or whatnot um so definitely every day wash your face you have to wash your face like you said even if you're not putting anything on your face um your pores like um, your sebum and things will still come out of your pores. You're still sleeping on a bed sheet, maybe that you slept on for a couple days. There's still things on your pillowcase. So you always, always have to wash your face. Um, you know, no matter what, the days that you do wear makeup, never sleep with your makeup on. That is another thing that I used to do many years ago that I don't do anymore just because your makeup sinks into your pores, clogs them up, and then can cause pimples. So that's one thing. Um, like you said, SPF, SPF is so important. A lot of Black people think, you know, that we don't need it <laughs> because we're darker and we won't burn. Um, and it's true though, um, I think that has affected a lot of people's thoughts. We, we don't typically burn, so people think we don't need it, but we can still get skin cancer. So for us, it's more a hidden, um, a hidden disease, <clears throat> excuse me, opposed to maybe white people that will burn, so that will encourage them to use it, and then they can get skin cancer. But we are also prone to getting skin cancer as well, a risk level might be a little bit less but the fact that you're still at risk you always need to um you always need to use it which is something again um a couple years ago i started doing i was also under the impression i didn't need it as well um but things have changed so i do have it i do use it when you know i go out i might not put it on my face every day that's for sure um but when i try to go out i put it in my skincare routine Another thing I would say is always moisturize your face. Um, you don't need expensive skincare products. Find something that works for you and at least have a good moisturizer that you can use every day just you know, to help um, with any dryness. Doesn't matter if it's summer or winter, your skin always needs hydration. So that's something that I would say. And um, last thing I would say, um, just look for products that um, your skin likes. Again, there's some things I might use that you might not like or your skin might not like. So it's, it's definitely important to test out um, different products. Um, there are some influencers that will say this product is amazing and will, it will do nothing for you. It might even make your skin worse. That is not your fault. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with your skin, but all of our skin is different. You don't need a hundred different products. <clears throat> but you do need um, maybe a couple that you can use every day that um, can be good for your skin. So that's one thing I feel like a lot of people think they need 500 products, but a couple 
that your skin loves is the best. And I think, like you said, um, a lot of us fall fall into that, um, how do I call it, that well of um, you trying a lot of products. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, so good for me. The only product that I would say I never regret using, and this is not a public paid announcement, um, but it's Fenty Beauty. Yeah. I have, like, I use almost everything Fenty, and I've noticed that um, she did her homework. I always say that she did her homework when she was and, and i think she knew her target audience were not just everybody but um she was if whatever it is she was gonna do she was gonna make sure that the um the skin was well taken care of and for me that's like the if i if i tell you that every other thing that i bought out of cheap cheap uh yesterday i think i used a particular primer and my face was so white Aww. and i felt I felt it was normal until she's like, no, like your, your face is not supposed to be white. That means as much as this primer is good, it's actually not meant for your own like complexion. And I'm like, yeah, it is well, but yeah. So that's why it's very important. Like you said, as much as people will tell you, oh, um, thank you very much. Ma. <laughs> uh, let me just put the comment out here. She's like, your hair looks good. <laughs> Um, but a lot of people have that that issue. They feel like, you know what, I can I can do whatever I want. It's my skin. Um, I know what yes, so it's it's a makeup. So she's like, is it like makeup? I'll just put in a couple of comments. Um, so Fenty Beauty is very good. I like this is not like I said, no paid announcement, like you said, not everything works for everybody, but it's very light, and that's one thing I really love about it. I've used several brands that I don't want to mention, um, but since I started using it for the last almost two years now, I have not tried anything else. Like I only use, I'm trying to use up all the old ones that I have and not try with makeup. And another thing that my makeup artist also told me was makeups expire. So mm-hmm. makeup also expires. Sorry. So um, a lot of people just feel like, oh, I bought it five years ago. You know what? Let me go and pick it up. It could have um, become corrosive or the acidity is really really high that's not good for your skin and you think that oh my skin reacted to this but it's just the makeup that's that is expired so um for those that have not gone on her youtube channel please go to the youtube i i believe that um if you look at the description right now or if you're watching this later the link to her youtube channel is in the description so make sure you clink 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 that link yes click the link in that description and um the link to this particular conversation will be in the bio for Life Matters or Anna Adediri. So please make sure that you go on the show, um, on our Instagram page at Life Matters or Anna Adediri, like you can see on your screen. We're live on Facebook and um, Instagram. You can watch a re- replay. I always put kind of snippets of what we've talked about. Um, but what will be your final words to someone that wants to go into nursing school or wants to be a nurse or is a nurse... Uh, or a nursing student right now um, or still stuck in school so whether you're in school or you're fresh out of university and you're working as a nurse what would you tell the person right now Uh, I would say like if you're in nursing school don't give up it's hard those exams can be difficult patients can be difficult you know if you're doing clinicals or if you're actually working but there's you know a reason that you've decided to do this career and there are going to be people that you're going to help so never let like the trials that you're going through affect the people that you're meant to help so absolutely don't give up and you know just 
keep pressing forward and you will make it and you will have good days you will have bad days but for sure there's nothing that you cannot face um and the and those that are just their work what would you tell them if they just started work um I would say that again it's going to be difficult anytime you start something new it will be difficult but keep trying you know seek help um like you're never you're never too big to seek help ask questions you know never do something that you're not confident in or if you, you question something and you think something's wrong um definitely go back ask someone that you can confide in and make sure you're doing the right thing and again like this is something that you can definitely face so if it's racism if it's sexism or just having a bad day you will get through it for sure and um we also open pray that things get better and um this is just on racism sexism and so many other things please like i said go check the link in the description you will see the link to her youtube channel make sure you subscribe and make sure that you watch her videos and like them and drop comments um if you are if you want to venture into nursing or you are maybe you're in nigeria right now or whatever part of the world and you want to get in she talked about her experience with nclex and so many other things so y'all go watch those videos and uh i am so grateful that you had this conversation with me it's it's been something that's been in my heart since january but i kept telling myself that you know what i want everything to be like a, a little bit of a cold then i still i didn't know that a year later we'll still be talking about covid till now so like she said make sure you stay safe make sure that you also keep your family safe um don't take this spirit for granted pray as much as you can take walks if you're at home you're feeling depressed please reach out to someone like she said even if you work in a hospital and you're um, feeling overwhelmed make sure you reach out to someone maybe someone that's higher in authority or someone that you feel has gone through the phase that you've gone through and sometimes i just if i'm feeling overwhelmed i just go to my you version and i look for a devotional that actually fits what i'm going through and there are thousands of them and i just have the holy spirit lead me on which one to choose from and it really helps um, so I think it's very important for a lot of people to also try that. And, um, yeah, so we've gone to the end of the show. I'm super pumped and excited, um, that we had Yeti today on the show. Like I said, please don't forget to show her love by going to subscribe, like, and, um, comment in the description and the link is in the description. So don't forget that. Um, till we see you next week. So next week we're going to be talking about everything women's health, um, to having a baby, to everything around that. And we're talking about a brand new mobile clinic that's attending to a lot of moms out there. So you don't have to go to the hospital for your antenatal checks or whatnot. They come meet you and it's really, really exciting. Um, based here in Edmonton. Um, so we'll be having the doctor in charge of it. And I'm super excited to have that conversation. So till we see you next week, make sure that you subscribe, you make sure you like, share, and uh, make sure that you click the link in the bio to rewatch this if you missed this. And you can also listen to it on the podcast on all podcast platforms. Till I see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.